Managing risk and protecting your profits on a dairy farm isn't always easy, but it's becoming increasingly more important to have a good understanding of milk markets to better protect your profits through more frequent volatile periods. Welcome to the Protecting Your Profits podcast, a brief monthly update where I will take a deeper dive into topics or trends that will help you better understand milk markets and risk management. I'm Zach Myers, Risk Education Manager for the Center for Dairy Excellence. Let's see what's happening this month. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our September Protecting Your Profits webinar series. Sorry, we're releasing this just a little bit late this month. Uh, we had to push it back because of a scheduling delay. And just reminding everyone, I am not Zach Myers. We are still in the process of replacing them in our risk management education position. So in the meantime, I've invited Jake, Jacob Thompson from Landall Lakes join us today and help me download the numbers. Jake is definitely more um, well-versed in the markets than I am. So I think he's a great resource for us as we look at what happened in the last month. Jake, you want to give a little bit of background about yourself? Yeah. Hey, welcome everybody. Jacob Thompson with Land Lakes. I'm a dairy business advisor serving Land Lakes membership here on the East Coast along with uh, my co-worker, Andy McCarty. I also cover California, provide information and insight to them as well. Some of our responsibilities include working with dairy producers to implement a risk management strategy and plan and help them walk through a cost of production analysis to identify break-even so they can make good decisions uh, utilizing the risk management tools that are available. So today, Jake and I are going to talk a little bit about current markets, what supply supply factors are doing, our export numbers, and then we're going to end with looking at dairy margin coverage and dairy revenue protection programs. So let's go ahead and get started. First of all, the August milk production report was released a couple of weeks ago. U.S. milk production was down 0.2%. From a year ago to 18.975 billion. Jake, can you tell us what we're seeing in milk production and how that's shaping the market? Yeah, so what we got here is so uh, obviously you can see that we were down a negative 0.2%. Uh, I think this was a little bit surprised, surprising to some people. There was definitely some individuals out there that were watching this and we're expecting maybe a larger decrease uh, year over year, but we did come in at a negative 0.2%. And I think one of the big things is that the herd size was uh, kind of flat. As you can see with cow numbers, uh, we were at a negative 0.2%, but you know that came in as a bit of surprise as we look at the number of culling activity that was happening out there across the country. Uh, dairy cow slaughter still is trending very high for the year. Uh, which is a really positive thing. And obviously with good, strong beef prices and, you know, earlier this summer with some pretty weak milk prices, uh, we've seen that trend continue with dairy cow slaughter, uh, obviously staying strong. And as you can see, it was a positive 12.8% from July. So uh, good numbers there. And uh, we'll watch these cow numbers. I think that's going to be an indicator to see as we move forward, are we going to see this thing tar the turn around and move positive? I'd be a little bit surprised if that happened. Uh, so we're going to have to watch this milk production thing as we progress into cooler weather uh, with typically better milk production and stronger components. So looking specifically at Pennsylvania, 
you know, we were up 0.5%. That was actually the first year every year increase um, in a couple months, in a few months. We were also, we were flat in Cal numbers, but we were down 2,000 head or 0.5% from a year ago. But we've been holding steady over the past eight months. Uh, when you look at Cal numbers nationwide, though, it does seem like there, there's a shift in cow numbers. Uh, Jake, can you talk to what we're seeing in the Southwest right now? We definitely seen in the Southwest some continual contraction uh, with cow numbers and just milk production. I believe that uh, for the month of August, the Southwest was down a negative 3.9%. Uh, the Northeast was actually up 2.4 and the upper Midwest was up 1.7. So even though we've been seeing some of that uh, increased culling activity and decline in milk production in the Southwest. It's basically being made up in other parts of the country. I would assume that a lot of it has to do with finances and cost of production, as those guys have identified that higher feed costs and lower milk price just drives a higher culling activity with really strong beef prices that we have, you know, across the country. So those beef prices are really, you know, a positive thing for dairy producers as they're managing through these these times that we're dealing with. So let's look at dairy product stocks, Jacob. Um, there was up 4%, cheese was down 1%, non-fat dry milk was down 6.2% year over year. So let's talk about what we're seeing in stocks right now. Well, you know, we see a 4% year over year growth on butter uh, I think that, uh, you know, as we move forward uh, with excess milk that we had earlier in the year that was being pushed into production and, you know, product stocks, you know, we have good demand in the United States and that has been very, uh, very beneficial. And it's and honestly very surprising. The, the American consumer has been very resilient in their needs and desires to purchase butter for, for their refrigerators. Cheese, uh, you can see that we uh, had product stocks of about 1.489 million. And, you know, that was down 1% year over year. And our non-fat dried milk, you know, we were down 6.2% year over year uh, and negative 17.3% from June. So obviously stocks and dairy product production influences dairy product prices. Uh, in August, prices were um, butter prices averaged 2.67. Um, that was down from 304 a year ago. Block cheese averaged $1.95 versus $1.92 a year ago. And non-fat dry milk was $1.10 versus $1.54 a year ago. So, hey, can you talk about what is going on with product price prices both in August and what we've seen so far in September and how it's comparing to the world market. Yeah, as we look at that CME butter, um, you know, one of the interesting things that's happened just last week was the CME spot butter market or the spot trade market actually uh, hit an all-time record high settling on September 28th at $3.33.5. Uh, quite an amazing feat. Just um, it's so so great to see uh, the strength and the demand for you know U.S. produced butter in this country. 
And so that shows some really good strength. Now, we are really uncompetitive on the world market. As you can see, you know, GDT, you know, from August was about $2.14. Uh, that hasn't moved a lot, but as you look at that spread, uh, we have a really hard time exporting into the world and competing with our higher local prices. Uh, CME block cheese, you know, you can see a dollar ninety-five versus a dollar ninety-two. Uh, GDT at a dollar eighty-seven. EU at a dollar fifty-three. Really, you know, as we look at it uh, today, uh, last week as we closed out uh, the week, we did have block cheese on the spot market, which is a, a trend line indicator of, you know, potentially prices that are going to be forthcoming, but it is just a clearinghouse. But block cheese settled at $1.72. That was up one penny on the day. Uh, more concerning for me, I think, is that uh, our barrel cheese uh, settled out at $1.48. And, you know, we'll have to kind of watch where that's going. Uh, that barrel block cheese is, you know, those type of prices are, are really going to hurt the upper Midwest uh, with their actual milk price because they're heavily invested in the class three and the cheese market. Uh, Non-fat dry milk, you know, in, in August, $1.10. Uh, recently, we have had a little bit of upside uh, which, and strength. We are currently sitting at about $1.18. And so that is really good to continue to see a little bit of price advance there with the powder side of things. Uh, because every time you make a pound of butter, you got a couple pounds of powder left on the side. And, you know, this world market uh, is where most of that powder ends up. And it's good to see some of that price appreciation that we saw last week. Let's talk about total dairy product disappearance, with, which obviously influences um, product stocks. Um, butter was up 0.7%, um, total cheese was up 1.6%, and nonfat dry milk and skim milk was up 1.1%. But uh, when you break it down between exports and domestic use, kind of shifts a little bit. So you wanna talk through where we are with that disappearance, the disappearance numbers? Dairy product disappearance, as you see here for June, um, you know, one of the big things is that we've had some pretty good, strong internal domestic usage. Uh, you know, we do have exports today in there for butter that was up 5%, but the bigger concern was, you know, earlier this summer when we had some pretty weak exports or pretty weak demand and some very low prices on cheese. We've had a nice bounce back there, but uh, we do sit, you know, with total cheese at 1.12 billion pounds, 1.6% up year over year. Uh, domestic usage, 2.2% uh, positive. I do, like I said earlier, really appreciate the American consumer, you know, continuing to buy butter and cheese for their actual usage at home, as well as their consumption outside of the house as well. Non-fat dry milk and skim milk powder, uh, exports, you know, were down 8.1%. Domestic usage, which is a smaller percentage of, you know, all the nonfat dry milk, skim milk powder in the United States. As you can see, exports account for 67 of the disappearance. But, you know, there has been a, uh, a weakening in the China demand uh, for nonfat dry milk, or I should say whole milk powder is their number one. But uh, we are waiting for China to step back in and provide some strength on that international market to like help some of these prices move back up and move some of that product off our shores. 
So let's talk a little bit about exports here today. Um, obviously, uh, exports mean a lot for our dairy markets. We uh, shipped 1.322 billion metric tons of milk solids overseas so far this year, uh, but that's actually down 6% from a year ago. And export values, um, just because of lower milk prices, are down 657 million to 4.981 billion. Um, all of the major commodities are down as far as exports here to date. However, some are down more than others. Jake, you want to talk through what we're seeing in the export market right now? Well, I think on the export market, we got to realize that with high interest rates and weak economies across the entire world in, in many situations and locations has put a little bit of damper on the export opportunities that we've had. Uh, with cheaper cheese prices that we had back in June and July, I think that did stimulate some demand. But overall, uh, you know, we also have had a very strong U.S. dollar, which makes purchasing our products a little bit more expensive for the home currencies. And I think that, you know, even though we are seeing some negatives, the world is a breadbasket of opportunity for us and the dairy products that we produce here in the United States. So um, just to recap, cheese was down 6% while um, whole milk powder was down 35% and butterfat shipments were down 45%. So those are pretty dramatic changes. And like you said, a lot of that has to do with the China market and them not taking whole milk powders right now. And that's really influencing our overall market and our export opportunities. So let's look at class three and class four futures versus five years ago. Um, the class, uh, class three price is actually averaging for the next 12 months, 1798. That's up six cents from five years ago over the five-year average. And then um, the class four average for the next 12 months is 1964, 100 weight, which is up $2.44 from the five-year average. So Jake, what are you seeing in our class three and class four futures when we look ahead? Well, I think uh, in the short term, what is a little bit concerning for me is, is the, the drop off in the class three market. As we see October going from September, which is basically as closed at 1840, October drops down to about 1684, 1685. But the, the positive is, is that class four price is sitting at $20.80. And that big gap there with class four showing good strength is going to be a positive for the Northeast and the Pennsylvania dairy producers, which should translate to some very good, strong uh, producer price differentials on their milk checks for the next couple of months. Uh, not so much for the month of September uh, because the gap is pretty close, uh, 1884 on class four versus 1840 class three. But as we move forward, you know, October, November, December, uh, we see a pretty wide gap there between class three and class four. And so it's really nice to have that available for the Northeast because of the blend that we have. Class four plays a very important role in your cash milk checks. And these producer price differentials uh, are going to like definitely be welcome to the dairy producers of this region. As we move forward, we do see class four decline, uh, you know, from a high of October 
uh, dropped about a dollar fifty, a hundred weight or so from October to January. Uh, still seeing some strength there between four and class three, about a dollar thirty or so, with class four at about nineteen twenty-five and seventeen ninety-two. What I would say is that the markets are kind of flat once you get into January. As you can see, there's not a lot of variation with class four prices at nineteen twenty-five. 1930 in February, 1940 in March, 1940 in April. Uh, class three, a little bit lower, 1792, 1809, 1819, and 1826. But if you're looking at this graph, those lines are kind of flat. And sometimes when you get a really nice flat line, the market really doesn't know exactly what's going to happen yet. And so there is potentially, obviously, we have more volatility in these class three and class four markets the closer we get. And we can see that here in the fourth quarter of, of 2023. So as we progress through the fourth quarter, I would expect that we're going to see some movements, you know, in the first half of 2024. But I'm liking what I see. You know, I think that if we can hold 19 plus dollars on class four and 18 plus dollars on class three, uh, we're going to have a reasonable blend price for the American dairy farmers, especially here in Pennsylvania. And hopefully we continue to see continued declines in the feed cost uh, to make those finances look even better. So let's look ahead to uh, dairy margin coverage. Uh, because we're having this call a little bit late, we can actually talk to what's going on this month as well as last month. Um, August margin was just announced last Friday. Uh, it was announced at $6.46 per hundredweight. That's up $2.94 from July. And it's the highest since January 2023. That results in a $3.04 per hundredweight indemnity or about just under 2,500 per million pounds. July's margin, though, uh, was the lowest on record since the program was created in 2019. It was $3.52 per hundredweight, down 13 cents from June, and $6.43 below a year ago. That it resulted in $5.98 per hundredweight in indemnity, or just under $4,700 per a million pounds. So Jake, uh, do you have anything to add about the DMC program, or even what we're seeing going forward for the rest of the year in the program? Yeah, I mean, once again, some really positive numbers coming back to the dairy producers with this program. I think that all of us would agree it is the best return on investment risk management program a dairy producer you know, can have in his portfolio. A just absolutely great program. I would imagine that, uh, you know, we'll see the actual, you know, all milk price increase a little bit as we move through the rest of this year. Not dramatically, but we're going to see a little bit of appreciation there. And we should see that actual, you know, feed cost probably come down a little bit as we see some prices weaken on the corn side. Uh, you know, soybean meal is getting a little bit cheaper, but it's still pretty expensive. And I would imagine that, that those August hay numbers are going to be in line or maybe even a little bit lower as we move forward. But great program. Uh, I hope everybody participates. Uh, it's just a fantastic product to have available to you uh, when times are tough like they have been this year. So uh, the, what we'll close with is just a little bit about the Dairy Revenue Protection Program. First, 
before we go into dairy revenue protection, I did want to uh, speak to the DMC program. So that program actually expires December 31st with this current farm bill. Negotiations are happening right now for the next farm bill, uh, which would be for 2024 and forward. So this program expires uh, the end of December and it won't enrollment for the coming year won't start until either this farm bill is extended or the new farm bill is put in place. So uh, payments are expected through November. There's no payment um, projected right now for December. However, um, next year, nothing will happen with this program until either the extension comes or a new farm bill comes. So let's look at Dairy Revenue Protection Program. Jake, obviously you know a lot more about this program than I do. You wanna talk through what we're seeing as far as class three and class four um, pricing options right now. Yeah, on the class three side, you can see that uh, you can protect for the first quarter of 2024 at the 95% coverage level, a, uh, a value of $17.19. Uh, and that would cost approximately 24 cents per hundred weight. The second quarter, you're sitting at a covered price of 17.39 with a cost of 36 cents. Uh, the third quarter, 17.56 for 38. Fourth quarter, 17.55 at 47. And uh, the first quarter of 2025, you know, seems a long ways away, but you still have the opportunity to take protection with a covered value of 17.50 at a premium cost of 54 cents. I will say that as we look at this, uh, one of the things that I do track on class three and class four is what the current value is versus the high value since the quarter was available. And right now, you know, there was some opportunities uh, for the first quarter of 2024. I mean, the, the highest uh, value actually were, were 94 cents off the current high price. Um, so that opportunity was available to purchase at some point in time a higher protected value. Uh, the second quarter of 2024, 2024 well, we're, we're off 51 cents from the high covered price. The third quarter, we're off 18 and the fourth quarter, we're off 10. And honestly, the first quarter of 2025, it's only been available for a couple of weeks. And uh, we're, we're currently sitting at the highest price uh, for that quarter's offering. Uh, so some reasonable values there, even though we are off the highs uh, for all those quarters, it is always something to look at. It is disaster insurance. If we move on and look at uh, the class four side, uh, some very interesting information there as we see that the covered prices are a bit higher. Uh, you can see the first quarter you have 18.29 as a covered price with a 29 cent per hundredweight fee. The second quarter you can cover 18.43 at 46. Uh, the third quarter you're at 18.55 with 52 cents. Fourth quarter is at 18.27 with 50. And the first quarter has not been released. There's not enough trading activity uh, in the market to actually uh, provide an actual uh, product price coverage uh, for that quarter. But as we look at uh, class four prices and coverage levels, um, the current class four price just recently, not too long ago, hit its all time high. And so the current price at 18.29 is only 18 cents off the highest covered value that you could have collected or purchased uh, for coverage of that quarter. 
The second quarter is only 17 cents off from the high. And the third quarter is 11 cents. And the fourth quarter currently is sitting at its all-time high. So there's some really good values on that class four side. And I do recommend, you know, for producers that are, you know, considering DRP, you know, here in the federal order one in Pennsylvania, make sure that you got coverage on three and class four. Even though your milk check is more heavily weighted by class four influence, you know, the easy thing may be just to do 50% on class three, 50% on class four. But right now, class four definitely looks like to be a better opportunity. Uh, so some great opportunities there for producers to consider. So, Jake, I know that you can purchase dairy revenue protection through you, through Land O'Lakes, if you're a Land O'Lakes member. Can you purchase it outside other non-Land O'Lakes members or it's only Land O'Lakes members, right? Well, we do have a, a team of individuals across the country, and we do have I, I work exclusively with Land O'Lakes members, but we do have team members on our staff that can work with non-members if they're interested. There's a lot of great options out there. Uh, we'd be happy to help and point you in the right direction, but there's a lot of great individuals that are providing this product as well. Uh, that can serve you, but uh, we can definitely help and, uh, you know, point you in the right direction or put some people in contact with you if you're a non-Land Lakes, you know, producer, but we can definitely help you get started. Yeah, and uh, we can, the center can help you find a local agent too, if anyone is interested in looking into this program. It does provide a nice floor for your milk price. That way, if, uh, like we saw in the summer, it falls below that for you have another layer of protection beyond the DMC program. So thank you so much, Jake, for joining me this morning and for sharing your insight on dairy markets. I know you add a lot more to this conversation than I do, so I really appreciate you joining. For those who've joined us, I also want to thank you for listening today and let you know that the next uh, PYP webinar will come out last the last week of this month in October. We will also be publishing our markets and management columns month or weekly and uh, have a wealth of information on our markets and management section on our website. Uh, have a great month. And again, thanks so much for joining me today. <music>